Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of 7 Minute Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today, we have a special guest, Michael Lin, who is an accidental entrepreneur. Now that's a very interesting term, uh, accidental entrepreneur. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit more, like why do you call yourself an accidental entrepreneur? This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the foundation program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that you can get $100,000 a month at least with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com foundation today. And now back to the episode. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me. So I... I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because um, now, now that I have the business and it's somewhat successful, I meet many other entrepreneurs and people like yourself who have started from scratch and you know hustled all the way up. In my case, I was gifted a business, a family business that was, wasn't in great condition and then was told by my family, don't mess it up. <laughs> so, um, so then you kind of, as opposed to starting something, I was kind of pushed out of the plane. Um, I didn't jump. I was pushed out and then kind of figured it out along the way. And so it's kind of accidental. Um, I think I've got a good sense of how to run business today and how to start things. And So it wasn't really a choice, but I, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, well, I mean, the journey of entrepreneurship, like, kind of sounds like that. Like, most of the time, even I, we... I don't even know what happens, what's going to happen next, what's, what's going what's gonna to happen actually. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of things happen kind of accidentally, if you put it that way. Uh, but I guess what, what, what's important is to really like understand um, what the goal is and why you're doing it. And then after that, you can craft a relatively uh, reasonable plan, right? Well, I, I say relatively reasonable because plans always don't go to plan, right? And then we go... Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of figure out what to do in the in a moment. Uh, yeah, business, you know, we do. A, a, the when it comes to a family business, the the goal is to keep it running forever, which is yeah. not really a goal, right? I mean, at some point there should be a liquidity event or there should some sort of like uh, diversification, and then you end up with conglomerates. But I mean, uh, that's besides the point, right? You don't <laughs> you don't want to do that. So yeah, but how are you liking the journey so far as an entrepreneur? Uh, okay, I mean it's got its ups and downs, right? There's the they talk about the roller coaster where yeah. you, know, you start and then like as a startup or you first take over, like oh man, everything's impo- uh, everything is possible. Budgets are not required, right? Uh, will be valued at you know twenty two hundred eighty times PE. Yeah, and then you suffer your first major defeat and you go to the bottom and then you've kind of discovered yeah. everything cannot be done. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to entrepreneurship. <laughs> And then, and then you, and then hopefully, if you survive the pit of despair, then you can, you know, come back to the middle-ish somewhere and have a bit right. of a reasonable view of life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that everything is okay. I think this this journey that that up and down that you mentioned that's something that I'd say every business goes through, right? And it's really being able to survive all of that and coming out with the systems in place, right, to actually actually give you a, like a fighting chance or a better chance of yeah. getting past those problems. So yeah. how long have you been an entrepreneur? Uh, I was pushed out of the plane in 2008. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I love your metaphors. About 14 years now. <laughs> nice. Nice. And 
uh, I think that's cool because today's episode is, is going to have us talk a little bit about how you've actually managed to structure your business such that, you know, you, uh, in, in particular, how you actually manage to automate a lot of the things that happen in your business. And I think that's a, a, an area in which uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will be interested in because we are talking about how to reduce errors, how to improve efficiency, and more importantly, lower cost. Um, yeah. And that's something that I can say all businesses will be interested in, in hearing. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what was the problem that you were facing? So, you know, um, I didn't start automating right at the beginning. Um, it was around uh, the middle of lockdown, I think 2020-ish, that uh, I discovered um, when, when everything became work from home, um, a lot of the processes went from paper to digital copies. Um, and when it... When, it, when that conversion happened, um, I realized that the people who were managing those paper processes, uh, they were very inconsistent, very unreliable, mm -hmm. very inaccurate. Um, a lot of data comes in unstructured and relies on a human to interpret that. And they need to interpret that just to check another box, which is yeah. was crazy, right? So um, what we did was we started automating our own internal processes to get rid of administrative workload. So all this, uh, when the customer would ask for something and it wasn't clear, is because we asked them to fill up a form that didn't ask them the right question. So instead of having this sort of wrong input and then wrong translation and wrong output, we just gave like an open set of um, questions to the customer and then they can choose from a list. And if the list wasn't comprehensive enough, give them more. And then we just kept doing that and that, that reduced it one um, one load. I think um, then the customers really can self-serve for a lot of it. I think that's that's the first thing. The other thing is um, we realized we had a lot of uh, postmen and parrots. Uh, postmen and par parrots? Postmen and parrots. So I receive a request from the customer and then I pass it on to my colleague and I oh. become a postman. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's in here, but my job is to receive them. And in 2022, why, why can't the customer, like, why can't you have a system that just routes it to the right person, right? Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you you save one headcount. Um, the other thing is uh, parrots, right? People who just repeat your instructions or repeat some sort of part of it. Uh, and you don't need a human to do that. You really could get systems that, communicate with your customers to remind them on certain things. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I mean, I talk about systems as well. A lot of what I do is all about systems. Uh, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be automation systems that we're talking about, like uh, systemizing it does require us to really look at processes and understand how best to do it, right? And sometimes having, like what you say, I love the term postman and parrots, uh, they aren't the best way to do things. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a problem that all businesses want to remove. It, it, you know, it takes up resources, it reduces efficiency, it increases mistakes. I mean, I hate it when postmen like deliver or, you know, don't deliver things on time or properly. Maybe sometimes they deliver it to the wrong person, yeah. uh, which happens all the time once you have uh, humans in a mix. That's the, that's the problem with humans that you know, we all make mistakes, right? Which is a slight problem when it comes to businesses. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, you, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, so I, I was going to say that it's not the, 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 
the inconsistency and unreliability of of, of humans um, it's it's a little bit their fault but it's not it's not humans fault right we're not meant to be robots right mm. we were meant we were given such uh, variety in our abilities and our you know physical and mental abilities we really should be doing creative stuff yes um, I don't mean creative like everyone go paint a Van Gogh, but <laughs> I mean uh, that's not a Van Gogh. But <laughs> but, um, but uh, really, like we should be dealing with uh, complex, high um, high variability problems, right? Mm. That, that's that's what we should be doing. But if we are dealing with um, consistent input, consistent output, and low variability problems, you are basically a robot. And that's that's a that's a very expensive robot, um, not just for your company, but it's also it's very expensive for your career, right? That yeah. all you're doing is this really low value work, and it's it's not it's not right. ideal. You know? So it's the upscaling process. I think the Singapore government keeps talking about that, but I I don't necessarily agree on the way that they're implementing. Not that it's wrong; it's just that maybe there are better ways of doing it. Uh, but I guess their restrictions are tough. You're talking about a nationwide program. So there are some things that they have to and cannot do. Uh, but those are those are excellent points, right? Like how do we upskill people? It's, it's really the upskilling process and getting people to really be able to do the higher value work. Um, and and I think one of the problems or one of the things that automation does solve is, is the kind of work that you mentioned, things that are consistent, things that, you know, you can absolutely get a robot or a program to replace a human, uh, you know, so that they can do work that's more higher value that, that actually uses the human brain, right? The, the, this powerful supercomputer yeah. that we have in our heads to do stuff that only us humans can do. So I, I love that uh, automation is one of the things that I mentioned in my book. Uh, so I want to hear a little bit more about like, you know, what kind of roles you think are great for automation? Uh, you mentioned a few things like postman and parrots, but um, are there certain roles that you, you think in, like, in terms of business, right? Like everybody who runs a business will probably have certain functions in their businesses. What kind of roles do you think are suitable for automation? So, you know, um, in, in the tech school that uh, I run, there's a, we train um, engineers and technicians, right, for factories. And the joke was everyone thought, oh, those guys were going to go first. And all the white collar jobs, you know, are the people who are in administrative roles, uh, accounting, uh, computer-based stuff, they, they thought, oh, we were safe. And then if you look at what's happening now, just with the uh, extrapolation of AI, it's actually not going to apply to the factory workers first because their work is co very complex and there's a lot of variability in the work they need to do. Whereas the administrators who are receiving pieces of paper from customers and stamping and all that, of COVID, those jobs are almost all gone. People have, you know, your job was replaced with a $100 website. Right. And so, um, yeah, uh, painful. But I think those are the first few roles to go. Um, I think we start, when, when I look at automation, um, most people start on the wrong end. So the automation is to achieve sort of a, a highfalutin goal. Like, oh, I want to automate my sales process. I want to create automatic prospecting. I want to um, automatically do invoices and quotations and proposals and all that stuff. And that's great. Um, and I would love for that to happen too. But the reality is there isn't enough data, uh, structured data in the company and structured processes for that to be automated. 
So while they want to start here, the realistic place to start is with administrative processes. Right. Uh, and the company would need to see some, some early wins, right? Because you're introducing a new thing to the company and the staff are going to go, wallah, hey, boss, another thing, wallah. But then if they start to say like, hey, Mike from the admin department, he's super eng now, you know, like his stuff like this. And then he, wow, he keeps doing this and they become boss's pet and then the automation and then they see, not, not that Mike's so great, but they see that the automation really works. And then yeah. they'll start to say, oh, how, how can I get a bit of that? Right. And it starts to add in, right? So then accounts department starts to eat some, admins department starts to eat some, and then everyone starts to like it. And then they go, oh, okay. And then once you get that base layer done, then, then you can move up to like right. a slightly more structured one when you have the information to do it. Um, what, one of the companies that I did this for um, used to handle something like 12,000 quotation requests a year. Right. Wow. Okay, that's quite a lot of quotation yeah. requests. And those those aren't those don't convert to sales, right? Twelve thousand requests alone. And so what we did was um, once we had enough structured data from the ground up, um, we realized that of those twelve thousand, maybe seventy or I think sixty to seventy percent of them don't actually convert ever into okay. invoices. Those customers never buy from you, but they keep asking you for quotations. And if you just identify those and throw it out the window, suddenly you have improved your efficiency by 50%, right? So if you, we build a, a system that, an automation, if you will, that when those people come in, they get marked. Uh, we still see them, but we mark them as an X so that we know it's not a priority for us to quote to them. And right. then we quote uh, the people who really are going to do business with us. And then as, an, as a knock-on effect of that automation, those companies can then focus more time and effort on the customers that really are buying and wow. uh, come up with new solutions and, and give them more dedicated uh, uh, resources and things like that. And then those people spend more with you and then they become, you know, you have better relationship rather right. than trying to say all, all requests for quotation are the same. Okay, well, I love that. That's, that's automation in the sense that, you know, like 15,000, that's, that's a huge amount. And really like qualifying them, prioritizing them so that you get actually a higher chance of converting the ones that do matter and reducing the workload so that, you know, people don't just spend the equal amount of work on everybody that comes through the door. Uh, that alone, I think, really translates into actual results or ROI that the business owner can see. What, what about that process that can be improved? Uh, what else about that, that process that can be improved though? Is there... That, that sounds like a lot of requests. Can automation actually just handle all the 15,000 that come in automatically? Well, um, yeah, so I mean, there, there are more processes that will, that will improve. Um, as, as you move along, right? So once we get that structure in place, then we realize what people are looking for and then we build almost like a self-serve portal. Um, so you can go in, you don't need to ask me for the quotation, just add to cart and then generate quotation. There, there are some listed companies that already have this, although it's kind of clunky. Uh, people are kind of spoiled with how good an e-commerce service you get today from like Shopee, Lazada. So yeah. when you show them sort of a clunky e-commerce website, they don't like it. So that's one end. Um, the other end, which is even cooler, is um, we're trying to build an AI in which it, it scrapes the emails that come in. And right. it structures those into quotes and sends it back without any human input. 
Whoa. So emails uh, are these emails like written by the by this, by these people that want quotation or how are these yeah. emails like sent in? Like they, I just dumped. Wow. They just dumped into it into this general like help at you know dot 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 com right and then um, and so then the the script looks through those emails and says hey within this email I can identify the following three or four products wow. and this is the price that we should quote this person. And it puts it in some in one of the staff's draft inboxes. So the robots don't talk to humans. Humans talk to humans. That's what humans are supposed to do. Yeah. The robots make suggestions to the humans, so the humans don't have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, so they will look through the email and be like, "Yeah, yeah, you got three. Oh, but you missed this one." And then they just manually add that in. And so for that quotation, workload is dropped by like you know eighty percent, nice. um, and the, the accuracy comes out. Um, it's it's a work in progress because as you can imagine, twelve thousand quotation requests come in many 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 different formats. Um, yeah. Some people put the product name in the subject. Some people yeah. put it in the footer. Some people take photos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a work in progress, but that's that's a further you know improvement. But um, I guess automation can also like for businesses that have simpler processes, they can actually have an automated way of getting quotations given or especially if they have a smaller maybe amount of SKUs smaller amount of a smaller catalog or smaller amount of services I guess all that can be automated it's one of the things that you talk about in your book by right? just getting the structure down right yeah um, when you one of the things that we're working on with with another provider uh, another client is to get um, consistency in the service offering Right. When someone comes to you and say, what is it that you do? You can't say, oh, I do everything. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. Ideally, you want to put them into buckets. Uh, people hate being put into buckets, but if, if you can, then, then it's ideal, right? There's a small, medium, and large. Yes. And, then, and then people just buy from your small, medium, and large. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's one part of sales automation. Uh, another really cool one that we like is uh, sales assistance. So, How does that work? So there's there's a company I know that used to spend Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday scraping data off the internet manually, right? So two headcount would sit there and they'd scrape data off the internet. What, what do you mean by scrape data? So they go on uh, databases and then they go and get like name, emails, uh, know what type of clients we should be targeting this week, oh. and then they put that into an Excel sheet. Now, okay. as humans, the rate's going to be really slow, right? And then we're going to miss information. We're going to copy and paste mobile numbers wrong. We're going to get email addresses wrong. And then, um, and then they put it all into this Excel sheet. And then on Wednesday afternoon, when everything's been compiled, they'll have a sales meeting to decide what they're going to do for Thursday and Friday. And so your salespeople are basically scraping data for the first three days of the week and then doing sales, the actual sales work on Thursday and Friday. Now, if, if you were a client, you're winding down for the week, you know, you kind of want to get into the weekend and this guy's trying to start you up. And, and that, that's really difficult. So ideally when people starting and start the week, that's when you should hit them with sort of the sales things and they can feel they can get it going. Um, and so, yeah, what we did was we turned all that into another automation that builds, um, builds an actual set of data for them. So oh. you don't need to look at all these clients. You just need to look at these four to five who are, who've actually done business with you before, who have services and needs that match what we need, and then dedicate your 
well, now that the script's automated, it's in their inbox by Monday, 8 a.m. Wow. And now you have five days to figure out how best to engage this guy um, and close the sale before the next list of customers comes in next week. And so it's a nice sort of like a, a, a structured sales thing for them to do. But yeah, I love this, that. And that's actionable. Like, I think a lot of businesses have that where their manpower, their function areas, their, fun- their departments are spending time like doing what you you said, right? Like trawling through the internet, copying stuff, putting them into emails or spreadsheets and then like passing them around. And and if you're saying that that can be automated, I think that's something that will appeal to a lot of businesses. Especially cool. when, you, when, you, when you're hanging it on the sales tag, right? Yeah. The, the goal is really just get the humans to focus on high payoff activities, right? Yeah. These people are worth, what, $100 an hour. And yeah. to ask them, to go and copy and paste, like, that's, it's painfully irritating yeah. <laughs> to someone who has to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not the most efficient. So I love no. that. I think these are all things that, you know, business owners can do and can uh, start implementing in their businesses. I think the problem is not many businesses know how to start with automation. And uh, I know that you definitely do help businesses and support them in that area as well. You've done that for a few businesses already. So, um, uh, I mean, I think if anybody can uh, is interested in automating their business, uh, they definitely can reach out to you to have a, a chat and conversation about this, I guess. Is that something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, possible? reach out. We can do like an exploratory call um, and, and see how things are. Uh, Obviously, I know that it's it's a it's a very deep pool, so we, we don't we don't have to dive to the bottom right away. But we can start. You know, you, you eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they can reach out. Uh, get me on uh, LinkedIn.com slash automation Mike. <laughs> nice, love it. I'll put a link down in the description as well. Um, Thank you for coming on this episode. I, I really think automation is something that a lot of businesses can implement so that they improve their efficiencies and improve their performance. Uh, this is the first episode. Uh, I want to thank all of you for listening into this episode. If you like it, please leave us a good rating, a, a good review. Share this with somebody that appreciates this. Uh, and more importantly, subscribe also so that you be notified of future episodes. And with more people, we can get more uh, entrepreneurs to come on board and keep providing the lessons that you know I know all of you like. Uh, once again, thank you, Michael, and thanks all of you for listening in to 7 Minutes Scaling Secrets. Take care.